What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com and RideshareRodeo.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, let's get it on. So, uh, before we get to um, the the closing of our Prop 22, AB5, AB2257 discussion, probably the last one we'll have other than the aftermath of its decision, because uh, everybody is voting uh, today. So, if you haven't voted today, uh, or already voted, get out there and vote. Um, but we will go through, I'm going to just run through some things, a couple stories here in the beginning. Then we're just going to kind of do a little bit of a recap on some easy stuff on the on the AB5 thing, the 2257, Prop 22. Just to make sure, in case any last-minute voters are somehow catch this and you want to... Uh, um, you know, you want to know where, uh, um, where you're going to vote on this. So, but the first thing I want to talk about today is, uh, if you've been listening to us since the beginning, you know, that, uh, we talked about something in the very beginning, David Pickerell and I, the former Uber operations, uh, manager in Las Vegas, um, He's been on the podcast a handful of times, and we will be having him back, absolutely. Uh, but um, we talked a few times about, uh, in the, especially in the beginning, about when the pandemic was starting, when I was starting the podcast, about um, doing something for families of the fallen. So drivers that were you know, injured, killed in the line of duty while working... Um, you know, we always hear about the passengers as they always make mainstream news, but we don't always hear about the drivers. Now on uberliftdrivers.com, um, you can always go there and, and search driver killings, driver stabbings, driver shootings, and you might see a few, uh, passenger ones come up, but you lo- you're also going to see a lot of driver ones where, if you didn't catch that one little tiny article buried in a paper online or in an actual newspaper, um, then you probably didn't see these articles. And they're equally as bad. Obviously, it's still, you know, somebody killing somebody else. But the driver stories get very buried. Um, also, the Families of the Fallen uh project was initially talked about by David and I because we w- wanted to help when the um, first couple pe- drivers passed away because of COVID. Um, but a lot of it was the violence that goes on because if you're a passenger and something happens to you, um, you're going to get a lawyer. You're going to either settle with Uber or Lyft um, or you're going to uh, fight it and still get money from them. So the passengers, if, if something happens to a passenger, even though we've all clicked the disclaimer, they always get, in the end, they always get their money, they get paid out, everything works out. The drivers, that isn't the case. Um, even for COVID, if you remember, I don't know how, how many of you even saw this, if you did need it, but like there was supposed to be a very, you know, three weeks of pay averaged against your last 
40 weeks of what you earned, you were supposed to get three weeks of pay if you got COVID and couldn't drive um, based off those 40. Now, uh, that's, you know, to me, that's ridiculous because, you know, let's say that you make the same amount every week for 40 weeks. So you're going to get paid three weeks worth. uh, The onset time for COVID is, as we know, five to uh, 14 days. And then you can have it for anywhere from five to 50 plus days. So it it should have been a a more flexible thing. And also, if you go and talk to a lot of the people or listen to some of our old podcasts where we had some of them on – Um, Many of these people weren't paid. Um, They actually got COVID. They needed the payment. They did things properly. They informed Uber or Lyft. Well, we're going to stick with Uber here on this one. Um, They informed Uber that they were uh, positive for COVID and and got them copies of their positive tests, you know, the date, all that and stuff. And, what it really made Uber do was, in most cases, not pay these drivers, like they said they would, the, that bare minimum amount anyway. And it also made it so that uh, um, it was very hard for them to get back on the platform. Like, we had a guy on who had it and tested clean two more two times. His wife was a nurse. She had got it. She gave it to him. She got over it. He got it. Then he had it for like a couple weeks, not a very bad case, but he had it, was trying to get his money from Uber. And then, uh, and he had done everything like you were supposed to, followed protocol, told Uber, never got paid. And then when he had two clear tests that were a week apart, he, he had sent both into Uber and they still kept him off the platform for um five to six weeks at least that I know of, and it might have been a little bit more. So um, I think eventually he did get back on the platform, and if that's not the case, then he might have started driving for Lyft because if, maybe if I remember right, he was he was able to drive on both platforms, but like many people, he had you know kind of given up on Lyft but still was an active driver, um, but he was only driving Uber, so I think he only informed Uber. And then once he was clear, he just started driving Lyft because of the problem. Again, not a good solution, not a good way for Uber to handle it. But we had a we had a plan in the beginning. It was part of one of the big ideas that I wanted to make happen, which was um, families of the fallen. So whether it be due to violence or whether it be due to COVID, it didn't really matter. Um, we wanted to, David and I, you know, I started talking to him about my ideas. We kind of juggled back and forth. We had a couple discussions, um, and we were kind of on the right path, but things started getting really crazy, and just, it was, we all got lost in the mix kind of thing. And then David started Autonomy.Jobs, um, which is still going. It's just moved to withpara.com, so W I T H. P-A-R-A dot com, with para dot com. Um, if you go to autonomy.jobs, it has a link that says uh, we've moved to with para. Click here. You do that, and you will be sent right over to uh, to the para site. 
So the families of the fallen is what the initial thing was for me, a six-year veteran rideshare driver, okay? In the very beginning, six years ago, I referred a couple people. I got referral fees. Um, they, The new drivers, if they met the criteria which got me my portion for referring them, they got referral fees. Now, not far into my rideshare career, I stopped doing that. I, I really... I felt like it was a, a way, it was A, a way of Uber um, and Lyft flooding the streets in every market with tons of drivers to see who would make it, who wouldn't, just to make sure they were never less drivers than people needing rides. So I think the way, and, and this is still kind of the model. So it's like Uber wants. You know, let's say that, you know, they they think they need 20 cars on the road uh, on Tuesday night for some little smaller city, let's just say. Okay, I'm just, this is a random number. They would much rather see 40, 50, 100 cars on the platform on that same night. And you'd start weeding out who really wants to do this, who doesn't. Um, it was a really bad system. Um you know, in the very beginning, sure, I guess, you know, to really blow it up and make sure that it had a market and that people understood that they could really always catch these rides. They weren't even to wait long times. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of when I was doing it, when it first hit my market. Then I then I didn't want to refer anybody because, I, you know, I referred a few. Um, two of them still do it. Uh, two or three of them, one of them, may, one of them still kind of does it. Um, and two of them absolutely don't do it anymore. So I don't want to be any kind of part of that. Like I brought somebody into something, even though they got a bonus on top of the work. And then I got that same bonus. It just, it made me feel like I was in that, uh, you know, like bringing people in thing. Like if, if this is a job for you, I, you know, you shouldn't, if you, the rider got an incentive, that's, that's one thing, whatever. But I think there's a way to twist this and there's a lot of drivers out there and uh, blogs and YouTube channels and things of that nature that won't like my idea, but I could care less. Um, I'm for the drivers. I am a driver. Uh, I'm not somebody pretending that I was a driver uh, and doing a podcast and website and monetizing every single little thing possible. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong, uh, with monetizing things. If you don't, you know, make it just so distracting and, and take away from everything. And if, if you're putting good content out and if, if you're for the people, you know, we still uberliftdrivers.com is coming up in February or March, February will be our four year anniversary. Okay. And, uh, and then Rideshare Rodeo started at end of April. So, you know, in April, that'll be one year for that. But we still haven't monetized. We've done some ads for, like, windshield companies here in Denver um, and some other things. But, you know, there might come a time we, we take on a sponsor who kind of sponsors both, UberLiftDrivers.com and RideshareRodeo.com. Um, but 
it wouldn't be anything more than that. And it wouldn't make anything ugly. It wouldn't be banner ads. It wouldn't be this, click this, Amazon ads, all this junk. And I wouldn't be putting referral codes everywhere. So back to Families of the Fallen, instead of my referral code being, uh, you know, Steve46579.2, um, we are working on getting a generic uh, referral tag of Families of the Fallen with Uber, Lyft, any of the any of the app based gig jobs that offer referral codes, we are working on this families of the fallen as a um, nonprofit five hundred one five hundred one c, and uh, basically this nonprofit. If you so instead of using my Steve referral code, I would use families of the fallen. So if a, a person says, hey, you know, I, I want to drive for Uber, and I know that I had a friend who started doing it a while back, and when he did it, he uh, it was given a referral code by a friend. He made some extra money, and so did the friend. Uh, you know, do you know anything about that? I don't have to be like, yeah, use my referral, Steve, blah, 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 my numbers here. Um, and I don't have to be like, no, I don't want to be part of that. But instead, I could be like, yeah, here, um, have you it, use the code Families of the Fallen. Now, if we can get this working with Uber and uh, Lyft and Instacart, whoever allows these these kind of things, um, the goal is that. I would say to prospective drivers, yes, use families of the fallen. That way the, per, the new driver, if he hits his goals, will get his bonus. He will get all the money he made during that time. And the bonus that comes to, that should go to me, the referring driver, would then, instead of coming to me, would go directly into a nonprofit that would benefit families who have had family members killed injured, um, die from COVID, whatever, that none of these companies ever took care of. You know, is that our job to do this? No, but why not? I mean, this is something that I think down the road could even spark some interest with some of the app-based companies. And once you get a couple of those maybe matching dollars, and yes, it's not like they're going to do it and be all stoked about it and happy, but they might do it so that, if, if we get this all going and good, they might do it just so that I don't call every reporter I know because I know a ton and I've done a lot of articles with a lot. And I know a lot of people in a lot of cities who would run this article that, wow, this group, this nonprofit group is running money or gathering money for families who have been um, affected uh, by, you know, uh, people dying, whatever, however it's worded, however each paper wanted to word it. Um, and they're raising it by their own money, these drivers, on their referral codes. And, you know, these app companies won't match it, or they will. But I would think that we could keep pushing that news until they did match it, because I think we all know, we've talked about this here on the podcast, PR stunts 
all Uber. They love it. They love it. They love lying and saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to help, uh, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to make passengers wear face masks in May. Okay. Well, you didn't actually require that until, uh, September. So yeah. And that I'm going to use that to just close Uber PR stunt lies for tonight because I'm not in the mood to get that kind of angry. Um, but we all know what Uber does when it comes to those type of things. Funny little side note right here. I just wanted to touch on, I was pretty shocked. We put the, we put an article up on uberliftdrivers.com um, about the Wiz app that came out. Now, at first I was kind of stoked on this because I remember New York city did an app that was, you know, find the payphones left in the city. You know, it was like a payphone tour because of, they were so outdated. Um, and then New York City had a app. I don't know if it's still out there. Um, and I think they tried to go to a couple other cities. I don't know if they ever did. That had uh, public bathrooms. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, were at, if you were at a museum or something, you could find one nearby if you weren't going in yet. Whatever. You know, in a city, especially like that, where it's, it's tough to find a place that's going to let you use one, they... They tried to do this. Well, the Wiz app, I kind of was thinking it was going to be an app that the uh, gig workers, me, other gig platforms, whatever. It's it's all it's obviously Wiz. It's it's about where to find bathrooms, and it's supposed to be for every city in the country. Um, so, I thought it would be that I, the gig worker, could. Um, add restrooms, you know, maybe they had to verify it or whatever, but I could, you know, cause I, I did download the app just so we can talk about it in this way. When I opened the app, I live in Denver, um, huge city. I, I zoomed all over it. It didn't have any restrooms listed. Okay. I thought maybe they're a target. Maybe they're launching in a couple other cities and not really paying attention to Denver. Nobody's gotten to it yet. Through the app, there's no way to add a bathroom. So I know where there's some bathrooms, and they are okay with you using the bathroom. Um, you know, uh, but what they're doing with the Wiz app is they're putting, uh, I think they're starting, they're going to start to populate some gas stations, which, you know, we all use. Uh, navigation app. So, I mean, it's not like we need that. We can see where the gas stations are and we all know the gas stations have bathrooms. So whatever that doesn't, that's not helpful at all. So I dug a little further into the Wiz app and I found out that what their idea is, is that they, the, the Wiz app company will add the bathroom sites at restaurants where Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, all those kind of places pick up food, if the if the restaurant is will allow gig workers to come in and use their bathroom, then the Wiz app will play will advertise your business in that area. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want to be a jerk here, but I feel like I want to save the inventors of WizApp a lot of time here. Um, never going to happen. 
never going to happen. You are never going to get restaurants during a pandemic, especially who say, oh yeah, gig workers can use our bathrooms all the time. Please put it on your app. If, if, if a, if a food delivery person goes to a restaurant to get food and is waiting to pick it up, they're already skeptical on letting them use the bathrooms then. And that's them patroning their business, whether it be for themselves or somebody else. They're still spending 30 to $100 at this restaurant. And they've been told, and, and gig workers are told all over that they can't use these bathrooms. So I don't know where this Wiz app is going unless it's just going to list uh, um, uh, gas stations and stuff like that that we all already know from using Waze or Google Maps or whatever you use. Um, it, it seems like a complete waste. The only way that I would have seen this be anything even possible and even then a long shot is if drivers and gig workers like myself could have added these places, these locations. Like, hey, this Walgreens uh, is absolutely friendly with gig workers. Uh, you can use the bathroom. And somehow the Wiz app followed up and said, hey, you know, um, if we advertise for you, are you okay with that? You're not going to get it with the restaurants. I, I don't know. I mean, prove me wrong or... If anybody from the Wiz app is listening to this, please uh, feel free to reach out, uh, uberliftdrivers at gmail.com, or go to the website uberliftdrivers.com and connect with me through either one of those and explain to me maybe a little better why why you think this will work. Because I'm, I'm interested, I just, I see no chance of this working at all. Personal opinion, I see no chance of this working, but... Who knows? All right, rodeo listeners, question. How many of you remember me a couple weeks back, or even you saw it on the website, but remember me on the podcast talking about Uber acquiring Corner Shop from uh, South America? Um, Corner Shop is, um, the Insta is another Instacart. It's, it was being used in South America. Uber acquired it, and... Uh, Tested the markets here in Dallas, Miami, I think a couple cities in Canada, and then, as we know, down in uh, South America, uh, Latin America. Um, but it is debuting in New York City right now, <laughs> as of this week. Um, so it's going up against uh, services like Instacart, Fresh Direct, Amazon Fresh. Um, you know, it's obviously why wouldn't Uber get into that game? But the reason I'm even mentioning this, because uh, we already knew this was kind of happening, but I saw it in the news that it was starting in New York City. But I wanted to contrast this to last week's podcast where we had Joel Shapiro from Dumpling on because the Dumpling app and model is awesome. Awesome. I mean, we fully we fully support it here at UberLiftDrivers.com. We love it. We love their business model. We love the way that they think. We love the way of actually being your own business owner um, and the way it works. Uh, this is just an Uber's is just another Instacart, and in fact, in my opinion, it will be a race to see which one of them is ripping off their 
workers worse within just months. I mean, I know there's Fresh Direct, Amazon, Fresh, but between Instacart and Uber Eats slash Corner Shop that they are blending those two, I think that we'll see that Instacart and Uber Corner Shop Eats thing, they're going to be pretty much the same, both just barely just thrashing workers. And to that I say, you know, if you are a... If you are looking for this type of service, if you want groceries bought for you, please go to dumpling.us. Okay? Dumpling.us. Click search for, uh, search your area for a shopper and uh, read some profiles and see what you think. The money goes. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, go back and listen. It was a great it was a great interview with Joel. And he really explains a very awesome model for the gig economy as compared to so many others. But uh if you didn't listen, you know, they take a service fee. They they have credit cards that they give you so that they can help you make your purchases and then wipe it out once you've delivered the groceries. So that your slate's clean and so you can go to your next job. It's it's just it's done so properly and they're still always working on ways to improve it. So um I don't know, I found this, you know, if you're in New York City, please go to Dumpling first. You know, maybe there's not a I, I doubt it, I bet there is, but if there's not a you know, there might not be a um a person near you, but again, I doubt it. In New York City, wherever you are, go to dumpling.us, search your area. Um, and see, you know, put your zip code in, see how many dumpling workers you have, because you actually can form relationships with these people and it's not them stepping out of line to be the same person for you every time. So, um, these people actually care about their businesses. It's not a one time, you know, deliver, go, you never see them again. So they don't have to have as much care. Some do, some don't, but, um, I would, I I just would, you know, everybody get, at least check it out. Do that. (laughs) Um, okay. So, uh, the ADCU, the app drivers and couriers union, uh, filed a case yesterday in the Netherlands, uh, seeking to challenge the ride hailing company's practice of robo firing. This is in reference to Uber. And this is another legal challenge that Uber now has over in Europe. And it's related to the uh, algorithmic decision-making. So we saw already saw an, an algorithm lawsuit. This is a little bit different. Um, the robo-firings are claiming that they... Uh, um, th- that they are letting drivers go for fraudulent activity. Um the ADCU contends that Uber drivers in the UK and Portugal um, have been wrongly accused, or quote unquote, wrongly accused of fraudulent activity as detected by Uber systems before being fired without right of appeal. Um, yeah, I don't know about that, Uber. So you're basically now just i mean it, it, i went i dug into this and then i got into things like where you know a couple of the people were talking and one of the people who had been robo fired over there 
um, which is just a, you know, you can't turn back on the app and it says you, you can no longer drive on the platform. Uh, we've all been, or many of us that have been doing this for a long time, have been like given that 24 hour suspension, you get a bad review or a bad call or somebody wants a free ride and screws you over. Um, and they screw up your account for a day or so, but this is an actual firing and again, they're not employees. So now you're crossing a line. If you're firing them, they are employees. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a messy thing. I'm not, I, I'm really kind of, uh, um, I'm blown away that Uber will go to this. I mean, you know, it's, instead of doing this, follow up with the fraudulent activity because Uber, you damn well know that customers complain about a driver literally to get a free $5 ride. Yes. And I'm not talking about one, two, or three people have done it. There's hundreds, thousands, whatever, that every day call get on uh, social media, whatever, contact Uber and say that, you know, some BS story about their driver or whatever and get a $5, $10 ride. That's it. And in return for that, the driver gets a day or two suspension, maybe longer. Um, who knows? And so often they're they're just bogus. So, I mean, the fraud department, the fraudulent activity department should first be focused on making these people who are saying that the driver did whatever he did wrong, as, as they're saying, they should be forced to sign, uh, you know, to write up what the driver did and to sign it. Because then the fraud is on them. If the driver didn't do it and has a dash cam or something, he can prove that he didn't do it, then he does not need to be... Uh, fired from the system without right of appeal. In fact, he has the proof for to go after the customer. And I understand Uber wouldn't want its drivers going after its customers, but maybe it would stop the customers from fraudulently making up BS about their drivers to get a $5 ride. That's all I want to say on that one because this, yeah, this is not okay by any means. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I can't believe this, but finally, finally, here we are, election day. And, uh, I just, we're, I'm just going to really quick go over AB5, AB2257, and then we're just going to be done with it and <laughs> Prop 22, because as of today, everybody will have cast their vote and we'll know what the outcome is. And like I said last week, you know, there's going to be people who aren't happy with the decision, whichever way it goes. There's going to be people who are happy, whichever way it goes. So, but we'll all live. We'll all adjust. Um, California and proposition 22 to oppose AB five, which turned into AB two, two, five, seven. Um, all States are watching this though. And it's a big deal. So, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Gail on, who was a nonprofit opera house in Los Angeles. And 
she was talking about, you know, Lorena Gonzalez and San Diego and Assemblywoman Gonzalez's role in, with the unions and all this, and especially with the taxis. Well, oddly, this week, we just saw um, the San Diego loosened 11 taxi regulations to me, the timing is, uh, well, huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, you know, we've kind of always thought that behind AB5 and AB2257 was a lot of taxi union. And, you know, I'm going to give you a couple numbers here for San Diego anyway. So the number of city taxi permits in San Diego um, has gone down 45% since 2016. So in 2016, there was 1,249 uh, permits for cabs in San Diego. As of today, there is 693 permits for cabs in San Diego. Now, obviously, that 45%, you can say that, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of it gets, you know, it's because of these app-based companies. Well, Again, I know people who drive cabs. Um, you know, they're in New York. Let's let's exclude New York because often that turns into the medallion uh, conversation. I don't want to have that because I do think that is a completely different situation. It's a whole different can of worms. These people paid a ton of money for these, um, and something else needs to be done about the medallion. But that's not for this conversation. What I do want to say is that, so they're saying that in 2016, there was 1,249 cabs in San Diego. How many cabs were there in San Diego in 2006 compared to 2016? Because my thing about this is since the 90s, since the, since the 80s and 90s, the cab companies have just taken beatings left and right of people. And, and, and I mean, like it, it's hurt the drivers, of course, but, um, people not wanting to use them, you know, the, the way that pricing model is done and never knowing what you're going to pay. And, um, you know, the way that the, uh, the cabs, the condition of them, um, I can't speak for every city. I can't speak for every cab, but overall, um, Many cabs I've got into, I'm, I'm not impressed at all. And no effort has gone into keeping them clean, sanitary, nothing. Um, maybe at the beginning of a shift type thing, but it's not like rideshare where people are keeping their own car clean. Um, and I know people who work for cab companies here in Denver who you rent it for like $600 a week. So the first 600 goes right to the cab company just for having the car. And some people even live in the cars, in the cabs. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that, you know, Uber started because Travis saw, think what you want of Travis, but I'm talking about the business reason right now. He saw that the cab company was, was past being in decline, that it was dead. The taxi cabs were dead. When Uber started, and that's what Travis saw. He saw people don't want taxi cabs anymore. They'll call a friend. They'll they'll drive drunk, and in no way do we endorse that. 
That's why I, you know, we have ride share and stuff. So use it. But, uh, um, you know, if, if, if they need to, uh, they'll, they'll call a friend, they'll park at the airport and pay fees, all this right when Travis was starting Uber was going on. I mean, you had people doing everything they could to find a reason not to use a cab. I mean, a couple cities, maybe not and New York again, medallion issue, but New York again, it's, it's a city where you, you know, it's, you, you just catch cabs. You just run out on the street, you flag one down, you jump in it, you go 10 blocks, which can be a ways in New York, and then they just drop you off. And so it's just kind of a system that even if you're not into cabs, people use it. But in most cities, people got to a point, they just don't want to be any part of it anymore. Um, but the city voted, uh, uh, you, uh, uh, end of last week in favor of looser regulations. Uh, they include lowering requirements for experience uh, for cab drivers, uh, easing parking rules, and allowing the, the use of older vehicles, among other issues. So, I mean, like, the older vehicles thing, I mean, that's really, like, I mean, even, like, Uber and Lyft, we, there's, you know, we, we can't do that. I mean, like, don't allow these companies that wrecked their industry to now be like using worse cars and, you know, giving them all these outs. And two of the council members said that the city will eventually need to revise the fees. San Diego taxis um, can charge customers to make the playing field more, even with Uber and Lyft. Now that's a big comment because, uh, Obviously, they're loosening it enough just during the pandemic to allow to allow these people to live. But it also speaks volumes for the two council members who spoke up because it says we it basically says we understand you need to make a living right now. And the pandemic's hitting everybody. But we also understand that once we're out of this pandemic, you guys don't use a good pricing model and you kind of do what you want. And we're not into that. So we will have to come back to this. And, uh, you know, the taxi industry, um, was happy about the looser rules, but they put up, they complained more than they were happy because of a new airport authority policy that Uber and Lyft drivers, uh, um, are allowed to use the queues at airports like taxis, uh, you know, instead of being summoned from smartphone apps. Well, I've been doing this long enough where when I used to go to the airport, you know, they didn't at, at very first six years ago, they didn't have a staging lot. So you did just kind of drive around. Well, the airport got sick of that. They gave us a staging lot, um, right next to the taxis, our own lot though, for rideshare. Um, all the drivers were living out of it, trashed it, uh, and, uh, they moved it way farther away. So you were, you were about 10 or 15 minutes from the terminal, at DIA, um, if you when you got your ping, but you were in a queue order when they moved the other one. That's been for years out here. So, um, you know, instead of instead of being happy that that they are getting some easing regulations during this time of a pandemic, instead they're uh, you know they're they're pissed that. Uh, that Uber and Lyft are allowed to compete. It, it makes me go back to um, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez. 
you know, there's been so many accusations of, you know, this was her, her major push, you know, obviously she wants to be, uh, the attorney general of California. Um, but that she's got a lot of, uh, corrupt union people in her pocket. So, you know, I, you know, I've talked to quite a few people on that side of the, of the argument and most of them, almost all of them are great people. I've never had a conversation with Lorena Gonzalez, but I've heard enough where I don't think that, um, it would go that well if I did, um, because I would have questions that I just don't think she'd answer. And I, uh, you know, I'm not gonna not ask them. So, but, um, I think there's a lot of union pocket stuffing going on here. Um, obviously I'm not a fan of unions. Um, I think that, uh, we've seen way more corruption in unions than not. If you, if you look at American history in unions, I mean, you're talking like 80% corruption to 20% not corrupt when it comes to the unions. So, I mean, it's, it's not even hit and miss. It's pretty much just miss all the time. So I'm just not a fan of it. You know, that's me personally. Um, but I'm also not a fan of the way that gig workers get treated sometimes in California. And I know this is a big thing. So we're going to see this play out today. I, maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll know, <laughs> um, you know, but there, I mean, there does have to be some, some give and take here. Uh, so, Moving past the cab companies and all that, I just wanted to say that because I felt like that the timing was very poor. They should have waited till after this vote to announce that because that solidifies a lot of things said about the taxi unions uh, backing AB5 and AB2257. Now, with that said, um, we all know that gig companies want their workers, uh, drivers, delivery, um, shoppers, whatever, to be independent contractors, self-employed, not employees. We also know that a ton of people who work these platforms want to be independent contractors, not uh, employees. Um, well, today's the day. I mean, Proposition 22, we're going to find out what the what happens here and what the outcome or what the uh, after after we find out what happens with Prop 22, what will happen? I mean, the last time that the uh, that California said, you know, Uber Lyft, you got to start you got to start having everybody be employees right now. They were told that they had to do it like kind of that day or whatever the next day. And both companies had said that at 1159, they were closing and leaving the state state came back and said, uh, well, we can't have you disrupt the system, um, like that. So we'll just wait for after the vote. So now we'll see because who knows, you know, um, going back to the Gale conversation that I had, um, who, you know, is an independent contractor, self-employed, uh, nonprofit opera house. So again, not gig app companies, but true independent contractor status. So you have uh, over 1.2 million, uh, independent contractor, uh, self-employed 
people in the state of California, 1.2 million. You have an estimated 500,000 people in California who work for gig and for app-based gig companies like DoorDash, Instacart, uh, Lyft, Uber, you name it. Now, all these companies classify workers as independent contractors, you know, essentially self-employed workers who choose when, where, and how they want to work and who pay all their own taxes. Uh, but AB5, which then turned into AB2257 after the series of carve-outs, because it had so many people it's under its umbrella and still does, way too many. But in the be very beginning, it had everybody, and it was just a nightmare mess. Um, but AB5, we'll still call it, came into law January 1st that required gig workers and many other independent contractors to be treated as employees. Now, the companies they were going after were DoorDash, Instacart, Lyft, Uber, Postmates, uh, um, DoorDash, you name it. They were going after the app companies. However, like I said, the 500,000 who are doing these gigs, but the other 700,000 self-employed independent contractors who didn't get the carve-outs like Gale that we had on, they're, go they're going out of business. And they have nothing to do with this. They've been doing these self-employed gigs forever. This is how what this country does. I mean, if you choose to do your own taxes, you choose that you, you think that you can make money doing something, this is what happens when you start a company. You either succeed or you fail. So Uber and Lyft were, I mean, there's a there's a there's an argument about this, but they were created to or do you want to be your own boss? You know, they don't tell you you can only work for Uber. They don't tell you you can only work for Lyft. You can work for 15 platforms. And almost every gig worker that we know does work for multiple platforms. Or if they don't, they work a platform or two, but then they have another gig on the side that might be 20% or 70-80% of their, of their income overall. And then they supplement with gigs. I mean, if you're if if you choose to go down the road of being self-employed and doing Uber and Lyft, you gotta you've got to know everything that comes with that expenses. Uh, you know how to keep books, how to know if you're making money or losing money. Um, you know, how to find the best fishing holes in your area, how to know when to work might not be when you're looking to work. Um, you can't sit at home and cherry pick rides. You can't, um, we'll, we'll see, you know, um, the bottom line is, is that, okay, so if passed proposition 22 would exempt major gig companies from this law. Okay. Now here's my question before I go any farther. Would it, would it exempt Gale? So let's say that Proposition 22 today passes. Okay? I mean, it could fail too. But let's just say it passes. Okay? So Uber, Lyft, all these companies are excluded, and they get the carve-outs the same as anesthesiologists and newspaper writers and, and others did slowly. 
but so many others didn't, uh, to be able to be independent contractors. Will California just take the AB5 law, crunch it up, throw it in the trash can? Because if the gig companies don't have to abide by AB5, why does any self-employed company or a person like Gail running a nonprofit opera house have to follow this? I'm sorry, guys, but that this some of this stuff not only makes no sense, it makes me pretty angry, actually. Um, you know... I stayed neutral about it with when it's in regards to the gig platform, and I still think to this day AB5 should have been written as a law pertaining to gig platforms like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Postman. Only those. Don't if somebody starts their own business, they're self-employed, they're an independent contractor, whatever, don't don't why did this umbrella throw over all of them? I mean, I know why. Unions wanted a piece of everybody and have for a long time, and and the, they just thought they'd do this. But you, this law, AB5, should have, if anything, it should have just been targeting the app gig economy because we've already seen that there was a carve-out, another carve-out. And then the third carve-out was that they had to make AB5, AB2257. They had to literally change it because they had so many carve-outs. And there's still way too many carve-outs to go. So I'm wondering if it passes. If it passes, do they just throw AB5 away? Does Governor Newsom finally wake up and say, this was stupid and there's no way we're going to have nonprofits and other companies who have been doing this for years, um, people working for themselves who pay their taxes, we're not just going to have them not be able to work, okay? We're not going to have them have to have employee status or, you know, it, it, it's it's such a loaded thing, I know, guys. But um, back to if it passed. If passed, Proposition 22 would exempt major gig companies from this law. Gig workers who drive or do deliveries um, would be treated as independent contractors, but would receive a guaranteed minimum wage for the time they are active on a given platform. Um, people who work at least 15 hours a week would also receive a stipend towards the purchase of health insurance. Um, app workers would get paid 120% of the local minimum wage plus 30 cents per mile driven, but the payment would only apply for the time they are actively working on a given job, such as driving passengers or fulfilling shopping order, orders. Not time they are just simply logged on the, on the app. Now, I don't know. Here in Colorado, I, I love that. I love that. Um, so if we were fighting a fight like this, you know, I, I would prefer that over being an employee of a company where all the people who are wanting this employee status hate this, hate these companies. So why do you want the employee status? You think they're going to treat you better once if you're an employee that you forced their hand on. Um, and again, we all know too, that you won't have the freedom to, of flex. I mean, there's articles out there that say, you know, there's, there's no reason you won't have flex. Well, there's no reason that they have to take it away from you, but trust me, they will. <laughs> 
<laughs> there, there's never there's there's no jobs that just let you sit at home and cherry pick your rides and all this and that and the other. That's why this is your business. You want to work it, you work it. But I think 120% of a local minimum wage, if you're working 15 hours plus on the platform a week, you get stipend towards your health insurance. Um, and 30 cents a mile per mile driven with passengers is, I think that's a, a good meet. It's a good beginning. Um, but, you know, under AB5, it basically is, you know, that, uh, you know, you would be an employee. You would get health benefits and you would just be paid hourly. But if you think that you're just going to be able to flip on and off and work and work multiple company gigs and no, this will change the, regardless, this is going to change the entire gig economy in California. And then we will see it play out in other States, but there are, there's pros and cons to AB five. Okay. And I know people who I've said this before. I know people who are pro AB five. I know people who are very, very against AB five. Um, you know, obviously I know a lot more who are against AB five and that's out of an, that's out of equal number of people I've talked to and, um, you know, social media engaged with and stuff. But, uh, um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of people do really want the AB five, but I think a lot of people have misinterpretations of AB five. And again, you know, let's see it all play out because uh, maybe I'll be wrong about all this. You know, maybe if AB5 stays a law and they're, and Uber and Lyft are forced to make you employees, will they leave the state of California? Everybody says no, but yeah, will they? They might. I mean, they definitely won't be hiring you, all of you. Not a chance. Not a chance. Um, the estimates I've seen are 20 to 30% of the amount of people on the platform right now would still be able to work the platform under an employee status. So 70% of the people would lose their job. I mean, or ability to work on the platform. So if that's what you want, um, but I do say that if you're just looking for healthcare and minimum wage, just go out there and get a healthcare minimum wage job. They're out there. I mean, just, you know, no reason to throw the grenade into the system for everybody else. I understand that you're fighting for rights that you think that we're owed. But again, it's a touchy thing because a lot of people want to be their own boss. They want to make these decisions. And if, if they're making money doing it, that's all the more power to them. Um, but again, I don't have a hand in this race other than my state is watching California. So... We will see how it plays out. I'm just glad that I'm not going to have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> and the talking we do do about it after this will obviously be just, uh, um, uh, how it's playing out, whatever the, whatever the solution is. So if it's yes on AB five, then it, uh, the talks that we'll have on here will be like, did Uber, Lyft, and these other gig companies live up to their, uh, or on Prop 22, up to the promises of 120%, 30 cents a mile when you got people, all this stipend on health insurance? Um, and, and if it's yes on 22 as well, are all the people like Gail, who we had on the podcast, are they finally 
left to run their businesses again and, and maybe try and revive these businesses that have gone under, they've had to close already because of this. So, I mean, this has hurt more people not on app-based gig companies or as many as it has that are on them. So, I mean, this really was a law that attacked a lot of people who I don't think deserved it no matter which side of the fence you sit on. Again, if you go back to episode 26 of Rideshare Rodeo, that's where we have Gail on. And I don't think, no matter if you're pro AB5 or against it, I don't see how you could listen to that and not see why she needed to be carved out and probably why many others do as well. That said, hopefully everybody voted. If not, hopefully you're voting today. Hopefully you're dropping your uh, ballot in a box today, something. One way or another, you voted. And you California people, you know, hopefully you, you know, you did all your research on Prop 22. And, uh, you know, you felt how you felt. And then you just at least took a few minutes to think about it. You know, is this really what I believe is best? And if you do, then that's what you should vote for. I mean... That's what this country is. I mean, uh, if ever if everybody wants AB five in California, then you know the rest of the country and other states that are watching, we'll all have to deal with that fallout because if that's what you want, that's what you should have. That's what this country is. But with that said, I am very happy that hopefully I'm not going to have to say AB five, AB two two five seven, or Prop twenty two for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm sure we'll be talking about it, hopefully we'll be in other terms where I don't have to use those words or abbreviations or whatever. Um, but I hope it all works out for you, California, not just from the standpoint of you know how it will affect my state, other states. But I hope that whatever the, whatever the outcome is, I hope it works out in a way that benefits the drivers and gig workers and I hope that it also doesn't hurt the drivers and gig workers who never wanted any piece of this. And I hope that absolutely it 100% gets abolished to the people it should have never, ever touched. Okay, guys. Um, that's all I got for this week. Next week, uh, very excited to have... Uh, um, legal rideshare team on the podcast. Uh, we are going to have a really good discussion that all, all, all rideshare drivers should listen to. Even if you've heard from these guys or other legal firms before, this is a big one. They only do uh, rideshare and uh, gig type stuff. And they are based in Chicago, but they talk to anybody from any state on the phone for free, try and give you help. Uh, but we're going to go through um, some really interesting stuff with them and, you know, how you're covered and when to when you might need to call an ins a lawyer and um, just some other things, you know, like the, the absolutely you need to know and that I don't think many of you do know. So, I mean, I've got some questions ready for Bryant right now from Legal Rideshare where... I don't know, and I'm interested to see what the answers are. So, but I'm kind of waiting till I do the interview. I don't want to. I don't want to research it too far or find out. 
I want to be surprised like you when I'm doing the interview because that's how I like to do it on a single take. With that said, vote, vote, vote. I'll see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace!